Hey guys, and welcome back to Overtly Casual, episode 14. I'm here with my brother, Tyler. What's up, Ty? Not much, just hanging out, looking over the UFC on ESPN3 results from last night. It was a pretty crazy card. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. I did, however, watch uh, Eric Anders knock that dude out in the first round. Yeah, I know, right? That was pretty awesome. It was cool um, to see. I was telling everybody... Uh, that had watched the fights, like my friends were texting me and stuff. And I was like, yeah, check out Eric Andrews episode on the podcast. So it was cool that we got to interview him and then he went out and got the knockout. I was excited about that. Yeah. He wants to do a quick turnaround in San Antonio. I hear at least that's the rumor on Twitter. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It, I mean, the fight ended in a minute and 18 seconds. So I think he'd definitely be able to do it. Did you see his fight trunks? He had yellow fight trunks on. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I wish I would have caught more of the card, but I've been moving. Every, this The closet's basically, I don't know if you can hear like an echo at all. I hope not, uh, but the closet is all cleared out. The only thing left is the Pelican case that I throw my laptops and recording shit in, and then my, uh, some other stuff. And But yeah, it's very minimal in here. It's weird. The whole house so you, is like this. So you're completely boxed up? Dude, boxed up in the garage. Ah, cool, cool, cool. So you're heading out on the 6th or the 7th? Yeah. In a couple of days, we're going to drive up to Colorado. Uh, my last day with the Air Force is Wednesday. So we're going to head up there on Wednesday to pick up my son. Uh, yeah, should be cool. And then we got a long drive ahead of us. Cool. Congratulations on uh, finishing up. That's awesome, dude. Are you excited about what's next? Like, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this next step for you? Dude, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what to expect. It, it is exciting in that aspect. Um, I, You know, there's not a lot of content out there. I mean, there's a ton of content, but it all says the same shit. So uh, as far as transitioning out of the military and, you know, for me going to college, like I, I went through, there's a uh, Congress mandated that every military member that's separating or retiring has to attend TAPS, which is Transition Assistance Program, I believe. Uh, so you do this TAP class. I only had to do the first two days. Uh, it's a five-day program. I could have hung out for the next three days, but I was so wore out by like the first two days of them being like, you think you're going to succeed on the outside. You're not. And then they're like, let's do a comparison tool on how much money you'd have to make to make what you make right now. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. So not that much money. Great. Thanks for telling me you guys aren't paying me a lot. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm excited because there's a level of freedom, dude. Uh, I don't know. I've been in this since, since I was 18. I guess I kind of like became who I was in the military. Uh, it's not scary literally at all. Um, so, I, what's up? So this is this is this kind of segues into our conversation for today. So we can kind of play into what I wanted to talk about with real life scenarios that you have going on. So the topic uh, that I sent to you was how to think critically for yourself and, you know, creating unique thoughts to direct your life. So that's kind of why I was asking you, uh, what kind of thoughts were you having to direct your life? 
has someone helped you to transition out of the military? Like, are these thoughts for the next step in your life organic? Or do you think that someone has helped you, whether it be a mentor or whether it be uh, the military, you know, the federal government provided a roadmap for you? Or is your next step based on organic thoughts and just intuition? So everybody has a prerogative, right? Everybody has something they're going to get. Like everybody has their goal of a conversation or an interaction, right? Um, I firmly believe that if you're making a big life change like this or anything else, if you're making a big life change, your thoughts have to be organic because everyone else has a fucking agenda that, you know, with the military, it's to keep you in and convince you you're going to be homeless Right. It's they're going to prop like the military, for example, as long as you're staying in, they're propping you up. You're getting awards, you're getting recognition. You know, you're the best thing since sliced bread. The second you decide to transition, it all becomes about how no matter how well you've done in the military, you will never be able to succeed because everything is going to be a horror story. Right. And, you know, the VA comes in and they have their own prerogative, you know, and you get visited by the Department of Labor. They ultimately, their goal is retention, right? And if you're just not made for that, I am the military and I, the direction the military is heading and the my mentality, we don't fit. I would not be a good fit for the military anymore just with the direction it's going. So it has to be independent thought. I have to, no one's ever made a decision for me uh, that is given me kind of, uh, I don't know, a freedom, right? Uh, a uh, Everything's okay. No matter what decision I make, it is not based upon anyone else's influence. It is mine, and I get a level of, I don't know, there's a level of relief to that. Because if I fall, if I fail, and I fall on my face, it is due to my actions and no one else's, no external factors, you know? Yeah, so that that's... That's super important. And I, I just wanted to delve a little bit deeper into that without going on a massive rant, because this conversation could go 15 different ways for hours and hours. But the direction that I would like for it to go is what exactly does it mean to have an organic thought and to make decisions based off of organic thoughts? And I think that this is a very important conversation. And I want to say that this thought and this whole podcast for me was inspired by, uh, goodness, his name was Naval, uh, and he did a podcast on JRE. So this guy is what I would describe as an advocate for creative and independent thinking. And he really inspired me. That, that podcast made me think what it means to think and what exactly is an organic thought. So like you said, People have their own motives. They have their own ideas that they're pushing on to you. So it's really important, especially at this point in your life, for you to have organic thoughts. So what I think, I'm going to give you my take, if you would like it, on an organic thought. Send it. Okay. So organic thoughts for me are something that you really have to try to create, right? So it's it's... It's one of those things, it may just come to you, but you have to acknowledge it. So you know how you talked about all of the external things that are going on in your life. So other people's motives, noise, noise being defined as 
the podcasts that you listen to on your way to work, the music you listen to when you're working out, the video games that you play when you're sitting on your couch, or the conversation that you're having with your wife, the cell phone that rings, the Twitter feed that you're running through, all of the information that's piling up on top of you. I will refer to that as external stimuli, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these things are influencing your thought process. And if you really think about it, oftentimes when you're making decisions, you're just regurgitating thoughts. So what I mean by that is the podcast that you listen to on your way to work has inspired you to maybe be a little better, which isn't a bad thing but you're aligning yourself with someone else's ideology and acting based off of it. The conversation that you had with you and I having a conversation right now will influence the thought process that you have that's been created and shaped by your experiences. And every decision that you've made up to this point like it's all influencing your thought process. Do you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, I'm tracking you. Okay. So what I've been practicing is so throughout my daily life, I've realized like, this is a serious problem. I don't know if it is for a lot of people. Uh, You can tell me after I'm finished with this mini rant, if you've experienced this yourself, but I've noticed that I'm living an inorganic life. A lot of the times, like, Like I'm walking through my life, just kind of going through the motions and I am aligning myself with other people or certain ideas or a personality type just because it's the one that I've surrounded myself with most. And I think that there's some utility to that because, you know, like iron sharpens iron. So if you're around sharp people, obviously you want to be sharper and there's nothing at all wrong with that. But taking the time to connect with yourself. So something that I've done, and this is a very common practice for a lot of people, is remove all external stimulus. So no music, no other people, no podcast, and you could just be driving in your car. And again, there's stimulus there, stimuli. You probably shouldn't be uh, driving in your car in, in, in a gaze. That's also not safe. But let's say that you come home after work and you just lay down with the lights off and instead of your mode of relaxation being escapism through your Twitter feed, through uh, a conversation or through all of these things, what people don't understand is that you're escaping your stress and those problems need to be resolved in your mind. And you can find great solace in just sitting down and thinking about it. And it's kind of cliche because people always say, think about it, dude, just think about it. And I've just like in the past week, I've gotten progressively happier every single day, literally just thinking about it, like looking into it. You know what I mean? So, look into it. <laughs> so, so, so feel me here. So I come home after work and I sit down and I decompress. And I, so a lot of people think that thinking means to actively engage with your thoughts, right? So you act on each thought with an impulse. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. Instead, I would pose that thinking about something for me is to, your mind is just shooting these thoughts off. It just happens. So you observe the thoughts 
but you don't act on it. You let it pass. So you observe that aspect of yourself. Then you can break it down and then you can say, why is that happening? What is that? And then when it comes to, so for example, this point in your life, you could use that practice to say, and I'm sure that you have, a lot of people have already discovered this. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of late in the game, but it's been such a huge milestone in my life that I wanted to share it with other people. So during the decision-making process, you're sitting down and you have all this external stimuli or you have a problem in your life and you search for answers on the internet or you search for a podcast that aligns with your question or you really need motivation. So you look it up. No, man, find it within yourself because you yourself have had so many impactful experiences to this point. I'm only 21, almost 22 years old this month. And I've already had so many powerful experiences that I have an ample amount of motivation and direction for the rest of my life within myself. I don't need a podcast to, to steer me in the right direction or to keep me on the path. You know what I'm saying? It's always good. Iron sharpens iron. Like I said, that's a great thing. But I was driving, for example. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you can relate to this. And pretty much everyone can. Feelings of nostalgia. And I mean real nostalgia, like deja vu, right? So I'm driving down the road and I'm just, I'm gazing. Like I said, I'm on, I'm on a completely straight road for like 20 miles. So I'm just gazing and I'm literally just letting my mind go and observing it. And my mind went places that it hasn't been in years and years and years. No music, no podcast, no external stimulus, besides the fact that I'm driving, obviously. Um, Optimally, there would be minimal, like there would be none, but it was minimized. And my mind was taking me places to where I was recalling memories that I had completely forgot about. And that's like, that's one of the most powerful things is like being able to recall past experiences that you've had and you have so many powerful moments in your life if you could just sit back and recall them and I don't know I just feel like I was like it was an important aspect of self-discovery actually I would say crucial to think about it you know what I mean how do you relate to that yeah I, I think this is a skill that modern society has forgotten um what did man do before podcasts before they could flip on jre and get the answer to all their problems what do they do they figured it the fuck out you know sometimes it requires that sometimes it requires grit like it's so sad that that's called grit now right like just thinking your way through a problem problem is now grit but that's that's just the fact of where we live now like that's um so a big moment where i personally in april on April 6th, a day after I'd turned 24, um, I was faced with a crossroads. There was a, a massive break in uh, us recording podcast between, I think it was March, April, and May. Uh, we, we did not record a podcast. I didn't really put anything out there, any content, um, because I was going through a, a job selection. Now, I, I, And I got accepted for this position. Um, it was with the government doing some other stuff. And... I won't go any further than that, but it's a really great career path. It is really prestigious. Thousands of candidates were sent up and they selected one and that was me. And so I had that on one side to continue working for the government and go this way, or uh, I could continue to separate and I could go down the path of 
uh, I already had that job with this big defense contracting agency that was, you know, giving me a $20,000 sign on bonus and $160,000 a year for six months of work. And it's like, man, I don't have any problems in the world right now. I can pick either one of these paths. The issue is, is both of those decisions were not made out of independent thought. Um, I'm in a community that gets a lot of defense contracting gigs uh, that pay really well. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I have to pursue that. And it's prestigious when you get certain companies and I got that one. So like I got a pat on the back from everyone else and everyone was jealous and it was not an independent thought of mine. I didn't really have a drive to, to do that. That's why I pursued more uh, broader aspects of the government. And what did I do immediately? I went to what's prestigious. What do other people think is good, right? What's going to get me, uh, you know, what's going to get me recognition. What's going to get me a pat on the back. What's going to make me stand out. Right. And I was searching for that external stimulus again, like that external gratification. Right. Um, It it really wasn't nothing I was doing was satisfying my self-worth. And uh, it was the day after I turned 24, I was walking with my son uh, and my wife and we were walking, uh, out of the Blackwater draw site, uh, which is an archaeological dig site where they found the Clovis peoples uh, in the mid 20th century. Uh, it's basically, you know, Clovis points and stuff. Tyler Childers sings about it. it. It was at one time there was the Clovis first principle. Basically, at one time it was acknowledged as the earliest humans in America. Uh, it's since been proven false, but I was walking down that. And we left that place and I was talking to them about it and um, telling my son, he can't understand the word I'm saying yet, but I'm telling him about it. And then I just looked at my wife and I was like, I don't want to do any of this. I've done all of this for recognition, like not, not personal gratification, not intrinsic motivation, motivation. It was just all external motivators that it was taking me down the wrong path in life. Um, And it's super easy to fall into that because You know, if you look at my military career, it's been, you know, you would say it's that's a golden child right there. That's that's the guy. Right. That's the military guy. Um, A little bit of cockiness is inherently built into that, but um, it wasn't making me happy. So I had to take take ownership, uh, develop an independent thought. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Everyone's saying this, that and the other is unsafe. You got to stay here. You can't just ditch your qualifications. You can't ditch six years of experience to go do something completely different. Yada, yada, yada. It's very important. Very important that you tune everything else out and you do what men have done for hundreds of thousands of years. You think about it, you develop an independent thought and you address it. And you can do that by, it's not saying every single thing that you regurgitate has to be, um, or every single thing that you speak has to be completely organic. No, I mean, Greek philosophers gave us a lot of beautiful shit. But when you're making life-changing decisions or even when you're choosing like, uh, you know, which path to go down when you're hiking, like if someone says, oh, well, that path is, you know, it's a steeper hill and you don't really want to do that. You want to take the, do the decline because it's easier and yada, yada, yada. It's like, fuck that. Like it's good. You get a beautiful, that hard path that everyone says sucks because you have to climb the hill. That's what's going to take you to the most beautiful vantage point. So it's like having an independent fucking thought, bro. Um, well, too- that's, that's, that's important too. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to touch on there. If you don't care, I'm going to relate it to, uh, to how I view these things. Right. right. So I'm going to, I guess in a way, don't think that I'm analyzing your, uh, your experience, but 
this is how I can relate to what you're saying. So, number one, um, your need for validation from external sources inherently is bad, right? Because then you become a glutton for desire and uh, desires, like all of your desires. And once you become a glutton for your desires, you're weak to them. You're the ma- it's a master and you're the servant and you'll spend the rest of your life serving your desires and impulses. When instead, if you can create these independent thoughts, if you can find your discipline, if you can f- identify your values, identify something that you have faith in. A lot of people do this through religion and it's often criticized. And I actually had a discussion earlier today and a lot of people think that it's problematic to find your faith and discipline through religion. I don't think that that's bad. I don't. And again, spirituality is overstated. A lot of people throw that word around, but just find faith. Like even if it's just in yourself and a lot of people like, you understand this when you're a motivated person you have a very busy mind you can't calm down you're very anxious some people feel that to the point to where if they're not moving they might have a panic attack i mean it's happened plenty of times people have had heart attacks from this kind of chronic stress i think it's really important to be driven but if you can create thoughts if you take time to articulate exactly who you want to be or be what you're drawn to right because you do what i just discussed you acknowledge your thoughts and then you assess you know you kind of dump it into a bucket like this is good for me this is bad for me this is toxic behavior i'm having toxic thoughts and not act on every single impulse that's a very important thing that you talked about right so yeah. don't don't seek that external validation. And I also want to state as well. So any sort of security, this is something that everyone needs to know. So some of the most accomplished people in life took risks. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is uh, an outspoken person on risk taking. He uh, he always said, like and the problem with risks is the security that anything provides is a false sense of security and it's actually quite damning. Security ties you into a box, right? Humans don't like to be in a box. We're not designed to be in a box. We are designed to think and to create and to be independent, right? We're not designed to be caged into this risk-free environment. And to me, this is just my philosophy. I think that it is inherently our responsibility to think about who we are, articulate a vision for ourselves, enact discipline and act on those things, right? So that means whatever that may mean for you. But to me, the answer is never security because all security in life is false security. If people could sit down and me, myself, when I say people, I'm going to group myself in with people. I'm saying all people. If we could sit down as humans and acknowledge that security is a defense mechanism for your mind to feel comfort, right? Because we have no security. We could literally, like you could die tomorrow, any day. You could die right fall over. 
<laughs> you, can, you, you, you could fall over. And that's a slippery slope, and it's a difficult thing to discuss. That doesn't mean, you know, fuck it, bro. Do whatever makes you happy tomorrow. But no, you have a responsibility as a human being to figure out your why, to figure out who you are, to think about it. You owe it to yourself to remove all the external stimulus, remove the people in your life that you need most. I feel like that is an aspect that a lot of people need to play on. You may think it's good to want people to be in your life. It's good to desire people. But I think that it's problematic when you need people, right? Because then you can't find your truth because you're constantly looking for your truth through other people. And you just got to sit down and think about it. And that's a lot to take in. And I understand that I'm not articulating that exactly like, like perfect, but I hope that some people will at least take something from that idea and latch onto it. Right. And so what does that mean to you? What did, what are those things that I'm saying mean to you? Well, the biggest thing is what I think is important is you need to take risks young or old. Um, do I think it's best to take the risks when you're young? Sure. I mean, you got more time. If you do fall on your face, you can always go back to your day job where you're eating shit for 20 years, 40 years. Um, or, uh, you know, there's benefits to taking risk when you're older. You know, you have some, you have actual positive net worth. That's good. Um, you have things, you get, you have assets you can liquidate. You have uh, networks that have been built over 20, 30 years. The, the, I mean, no matter which point you're at in your life, there's always going to be pros and cons to taking risks, right? Maybe it is uh, ditching that beautiful fucking job on the beach. It's going to pay you, you know, six figures and, or ditching that, uh, you know, highly visible job with the government. Like maybe it's just, maybe it's not grandiose like that. Maybe it's you're, you work on a flight line and you're a maintainer turning wrenches and your boss is just a dick and you're coming up on your reenlistment and you know, this guy's worthless, right? the government's going to come pat you on the back and say, well, he's not always going to be your supervisor, but let me tell you something. You're always going to meet guys like that. You're going to meet guys who latch onto the security of their surroundings. The military is the example that I use because that's what I know, but the guys that latch on their security and they latch on to, Oh, in 20 years, you're going to get paid retirement, which by the way is $1,600 a month for the rest of your life. Good job or good luck being, you know, 40 years old living off of $1,600 a month. Okay. Um, you won't really have a much of a, a, a great living off that. But anyway, the guys that latch onto those ideas, those securities, I mean, they're inher- they're weak, right? Maybe they're weak mentally, physically, spiritually, but in some way, shape, or form, it is a weakness to be tied into security. If everything you right. do has to be secure, it is weakness. And to attack that weakness, it takes being a little bit edgy, being a little bit bold, and looking somebody in the face when they say, well, you know, this, that, and the other, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to make this decision anyway, because okay. this is my life. Okay. But you, there, there's something has to be clarified here as well. So yeah. the, the posing that you didn't know this, but I just wanted to add this thought. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast, much like myself are just beginning in their journey. They're just getting educated. They're just delving into the profession. So when you're a beginner at anything in life, particularly business, here's one thing that one piece of advice that I could give anyone. Adding value is the most important 
aspect of an employee in a business and an owner in a business. You want to add value to the business, right? Even if you're an owner, you just want to add value, create value. If you're the owner, of course you have to build something, right? Whether it be finance, whether it be skills, you have to develop yourself to where you're in a position to where you can take risks and add value. And if you're a kid who's anxious about your day job or anxious about you only being in your second year of college, trust the process, continue on. But in your free time, develop yourself to put yourself into a position to where you can add value. And that's the journey that I'm on. I want to be able to add value. And this ties into everything in your personal life. So to relationships as well, you want to have a good relationship you better be valuable. You better be providing value or you're going to end up with a dissatisfied partner. If you want to be an, a good brother, son, family member in general, you want to add value to your family unit, to your tribe, because you think back to uh, primitive days. If you don't add value to the tribe, if you're not contributing to the tribe, they're going to throw you to the wolves because you're dragging them down. They're using, you're using their resources. So, I would pose that it's our responsibility as citizens to be productive, to contribute, meaningful. So I sent that goal template to you the other day, and one of my biggest goals is to be a meaningful contributor to society. What does that mean? It could mean plenty of things. You could contribute thoughts. You could contribute love. You could contribute money. You could, it doesn't matter. Define your value structure enact discipline and create value. Yeah. The biggest, so the biggest thing that I see in people, um, the biggest thing that I, I hate this, I hate this is you need to define what your excuses are and why you're making those excuses. If you're like, Oh, I just don't have time. It's like, okay, what are you, what's your excuse? Like, what are you doing that is sucking your time away? Are you on the video game for two hours? Okay, maybe cut it back to one hour. If you don't want to cut it back to one hour, or if you don't want to cut out social media, or you don't want to change those things, you want to still have those excuses, own them and say, this, this is part of my life, this is part of my mental health, This is I, I am no longer going to complain about not having time because I've decided that playing video games for two hours a night contributes more to those eight hours, those 12 hours where I'm actually doing work, right? It gives me more, more mental clarity when I do that than it would if I cut that hour out and now I lose out on some decompression. So it's just kind of like owning, owning the excuses that you make. Cause when people are like, man, I just don't have time. I work 12 hours today. It's like, Oh, all right, dude, well, you're awake for 16. Most of us are awake for 18 hours a day. So it's like, even if you work 12, 13, 14 hours, you're still got four to six hours of meaningful time that you can put in and people do it every day. You know, you listen to these success stories, Schwarzenegger, Elon Musk, uh, Joe Rogan, all these guys, like they, they do that. They, it's not always as well advertised. It's not packaged in this beautiful box where it's, you know, get fit quick or get rich quick. It's not that way. It's, it's literally, okay, cool. You work 12 hours today. What do you want the rest of your life to be? Because you can make the excuse Right. If you say you're in college right now and you're like, I just don't have any time. It's like, okay, cool. Well, how much time do you spend laying in bed? Right. 
if, if you're super effective, like you sleep six, eight hours a night. And then as soon as you wake up, you're out of the bed and you're hitting your feet are moving and you're legitimately, you know, gamefully employed from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. It's like, damn, grit through it, uh, grit your teeth, get through it. And, uh, you know, I'll see you on the other side. You're going to be a better man or woman at the end of it. Right. Um, but if you, if what you do is you like, uh, you roll out of bed or you're going to bed real late because you're staying up on, uh, Twitter or Instagram or video games or chatting and stuff like that, like just recognize the excuses you're making and then cut that shit out and watch your life change or recognizes, recognize the excuses you're making and then keep those things. And they're part of your positive decompression. And now you'll be more effective. But the big thing is, I think a lot of angst that people have is they have all these external guys that are saying, do this, do this, do that. And it's like, man, you know, I'd be happy if I just ate some bonbons and played Rainbow Six Siege for 12 hours. So, like, do that then. Do what makes you happy because you're going to well, be more positively. Uh, you'll contribute to society far more if you're happy with yourself, you know, not to be on some right. sort of... And- we live in an environment now. Okay, we live in the very best time. So I forget who is the author of this quote, but he said that the best time period the world has ever seen is now. It's always now. It's always going to be now, right? So right now, we live in a world where you can play Rainbow Six Siege for 12, sometimes 18 hours a day and eat bonbons all day. And you can be a very meaningful contributor to society. You just have to enact discipline. You just have to place a value structure around this. So you have to say to yourself, you, you have to build your self-worth too. Because a lot of these people who are playing games all day, which I, I've, tried to, I've tried to understand that because I've, I have roommates, uh, I had roommates in college and stuff who played a ton of video games. And I'm all about it, dude. Like, that's awesome. Go for it. And in some ways, like, you know, they inspired me to pursue passions that weren't just work, to create work from fun. Uh, You know, like when my roommate started a stream and stuff, I thought it was cool. And I think you're enacting discipline and providing value when you create a discipline surrounding your hobby. So for me, at a young age, I love health. I love health sciences. I love nutrition. Uh all of that stuff. Like I'm a student of health and fitness and I have been since I was a young kid, I made my hobbies disciplined. Right. So I've, I, I, so with fitness, for example, I drove myself to the absolute max for someone that age that I could get strength wise. And then I did it with getting as lean as I possibly could tracking macros and all that stuff for no reason. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, w- I don't track macros. I lift for health and I, I exercise to be a healthy individual and because I, I want to compete in jujitsu. So I do that for a different goal now. But back then, it, it's just all about pushing yourself to build your self-worth, right? Because in reflection, do I regret the extra time that it took for me to have a six-pack or for me to compete in those powerlifting competitions, which are now meaningful – the meaningless, the powerlifting competitions didn't advance my life. It's a certificate that's buried somewhere deep in a file cabinet, somewhere I don't even know. Did and the photos and reflection of me having six packs and veins and all this stuff. What 
how do I look at that? I can look at it in a couple of ways. And, and at times I've looked at it and I said, wow, what a meaningless waste of life, right? I've looked at it and I've said, I could have dedicated my to myself to something much more impactful. And I still to this day think, damn kid, I wish you would have read more books. You suck. That's the one thing I would have done is read more books so I could articulate myself better so that all the assholes that tried to shit on me, I could beat them with logic instead of strength and con like being confrontational and just more powerful. I could have beat them with logic back then because I was a smart kid. But now I look back on it and I'm like, damn, I had a hobby and I made it my thing, right? I identified with it. That was my thing. It made me better. It taught me how to be disciplined. And you can speak to that. You you, you were there. Like, you saw all of that stuff. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, you coming full circle right now into, you developed an independent thought. Just be as you are. Like, be honest with yourself about who you're going to be and who you want to be. And, you know, have those independent thoughts. Man, if playing Siege all day is your thing, Make that your thing. Don't make it something that's hidden. Don't make it something, oh, man, you know, I would be able to be fit if I didn't play this. It's like, dude, if you don't, if fitness isn't part of your life, cool. Like, I'm going to judge you. I'll fucking judge you super hard. That's fine. But I'm never going to, like, cast that energy on you. It'll be like a self-judgment. In the same way that, like, if I suck playing Siege, bro, you're probably going to judge me. But I mean, and the gaming community is a little different than the fitness community. You can't like there's such a thing as fat shaming. There's not such a thing as potato aim shaming. But yeah, man, I mean, you come full circle just now on have your independent thoughts, develop your own ideas, be who you want to be and just fucking look into it. Just look into it, bro. Like and also I I, I, I will urge you and, you know, I want to close the conversation uh, on this topic with this. I'll give you Rainbow Six Siege, whatever the hell. I, I've never played that game, so I don't, I don't know how to say it. Siege players, I will tell you to, when you have someone approach you who is different, but they're listening, listen to them too, right? So if I'm there and I'm talking about fucking doing push-ups and pull-ups, nickels and dimes, right? Uh, 10 push-ups, 5 pull-ups a lot of people can have a conversation surrounding fitness and you may be there Dude, give it a shot. You know what I mean? Give it a shot. Set up a, like buy a $20 pull up bar to put on your door frame, knock out 10 pull ups, do five, you know, whatever it is, start with one pull up, do negatives, whatever it takes, try it. And I'm also trying to adapt a mindset of, you know, and I even did this with my roommates. I got to where I was playing Fortnite all the fucking time, actually, because I was like, I'm going to give this a try. And the next thing I know, I'm playing with those fuckers every night. And I learned something from it. And it's cool. And I was socialized. And I interacted with people and connected with them on a different level. So if you're, uh, if you're a fat dude playing video games and shit or a fat woman, whatever it is, go work out with someone who's more fit than you. You know what I mean? Do shit that gets yourself out of your comfort zone. Don't put anybody else into a box and damn sure don't put yourself into a box. You know, anything's possible. I, I do. I actively pursue that, man. You, you were, you remember my D and D stage where I was like, fuck dude, I think D and D is super nerdy. Why do I think that dungeons and dragons is super nerdy? Uh, let me play it and figure it out. And it turns out it was some of the best times of my life. Like it was super fun. We'd sit down and for five hours, these dudes would be super into it. And at first I didn't get it. But after I like, you know, I decided that I would bring whiskey to it 
And then, and then it was super fun for me because I let go and, you know, immerse myself into it. So yeah, just don't put yourself into a box. Well, I personally hate being put into a box and, uh, I hate it even more when I do it to myself. So yeah, don't be like the gun guy or the D and D guy or the fitness guy. Just be your fucking self, you know? Yeah. And like I said, that's the problem with aligning yourself with ideologies. That's the problem with, uh, that is the problem with admiring someone as opposed to following someone. So I would say some critical role models in my life are Jordan Peterson, uh, Joe Rogan, Willing, even, yeah, all, all right. All right. Racist. That's me. <laughs> Um, and then there's a couple of people like, you know, Aubrey Marcus, he's a fucking hippie. Like these are people that I truly look up to. And in some aspects of my life, I aspire to be better because of them. I don't aspire to be like them. I aspire to be better because of them. And I hate cliches because they're so fucking true that they've been overused. That's the whole point. Right. But they just don't click. It's not sexy. It doesn't sound right. And you're not just like, fuck. But listen, if you've listened to anything, aspire to be a better version of yourself, not like someone, right? And that's the difference between admiration and followership. Um, yeah, that's all I got on that. Hell yeah, brother. I think that if somebody listens to this and they're in a pit, uh, I think that they got some good advice, uh, hopefully out of me, but definitely out of you. Uh, but unfortunately, dude, I know we planned on talking about uh, ESPN three, I have to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good, man. Duty uh, calls. Yeah, just realized the time, uh, and now I'm in a bit of a crutch, but I think I can make it. You know, but yeah, that's really important shit. Got a got a solid uh, three quarters of an hour out of the way with uh, talking about self improvement uh, and and just looking into it. Do you have any closing remarks for all the Okaz mob out there? Be yourself. Continue to get after it. And whatever you do, don't follow Joe Rogan, uh, Jordan Peterson, Aubrey Marcus, or Jocko Willink. They're all outright libtards. Yep, absolutely. Get <laughs> your own thoughts. Make your own podcast. Stop listening to him, fuckface. Yeah, quit listening to this fucking podcast and make your own. And if you need to figure out how to make your own, I made a YouTube video, video about it. And I'm going to put the link in this description. And I don't know why I'm being mean to you because you're our listener. But, you know, sometimes daddy gets like that. Okay. You just got to understand it. And you'll be here for next episode. We love you guys. See ya. Peace.